give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. What an awesome Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Good Monday evening, everybody. I am the host of the Monday Night Kickoff Show. Charles Levi Austin and his Redfish Chuck. Joining me as always is the man, the myth, the legend himself. One Mr. Peppy. What's up? <laughs> What's up? What's happening? <laughs> man, what an afternoon it's been, man. Holy cow. I'm surprised. I'm, yeah? I'm, I can't even believe it's already showtime. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Dude, tell me about it. It's been... It's been a crazy day. It's been a crazy weekend. Um, well, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming uh, Fish Skins 2014 inaugural Fish Skins Inshore Slam, which is coming up this weekend. Very excited about that tournament because it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's definitely one that you can either take really, really seriously or you can take it uh, pretty much as, as calm, cool, and collective as you want. Um, over 20 payouts, or about 20 payout divisions, I think. So, I mean, from novice to professional angler, there's definitely an opportunity to uh, to win this thing, or win some money, I should say. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, a couple things to get to real quick right off the bat. Don't forget that this month, if you live here in Central Florida, this month is chock full of tournaments, it seems. Um, obviously, as I just said, we have the Fish Skins this upcoming weekend. And then, uh, was it two weekends from now, Peppy? We've got the IFA. Yeah, I think it's uh, the end of the month, I think it is. The last weekend of the month, I think it is. Uh, yeah, 27th, I think. Yeah, 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 27th, that's it. IFA. So, so there you go. You got the IFA here in uh, Titusville. Also, too, um, if you guys like to fish tournaments, guys who are listening to the show uh, via podcast or here live or however which way you prefer to listen to us, um, if you like to fish tournaments and you'd like an opportunity to win a place in the Hobie Worlds, which will be held over in Amsterdam this year. Mm-hmm. Um. You can do so by fishing the Jacksonville IFA tournament. Is it there? the Jacksonville one that they're doing it on? Yep, Jacksonville is one of the uh, is one of the um, what do you call it? Participating events for one of the qualifiers. The qualifiers, thank you. One of the qualifiers yeah. for the for the uh, Hobie Worlds. So if you win the Jacksonville IFA tournament, you'll, you'll get an invitation to join the folks over in Amsterdam. I think they give you some, um, I think Hobie gives you some spending cash, a little bit of spending cash, like 1500 bucks or something like that. But for the most part, you're pretty, it's pretty much up to you to get funded, to get over there. Um, I don't think that the whole, the whole trip is covered. I talked to a couple of guys, on Facebook um, in regards to this. And I think one of the guys in particular, uh, Benton Parrott, who I was speaking to um, about the Australia um, World Championships, 
I hope he had this past year. He said, yeah, you know, you pretty much pay your way to get over there or whatever. They give you some money to spend. It, it works itself out if you end up taking the money you win from the tournament and utilizing it for the trip. So um, it's pretty close to covering the expense. But So there you go. There is uh, that. That's pretty good. You just better put some money away for that trip. Just just to get to Amsterdam, I'm sure it's pretty penny just to get there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. so so take a look at that. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns about that, feel free to check out the IFA's website. You can find them on Facebook too. I know they have a, I think they have a Facebook page as well. Um, give us a shout or an email, whatever. We'll try to do our best to get you the information you need as regards to that. Um, Let's see. So Saturday, I uh, had a little cookout there at the shop. I had some folks stop by. Appreciate everybody who did come by and uh, check out the shop, whatever. Things are moving along well there. Um, we had, uh, had a guy come in, bought himself a couple packs of plastics, kind of directed him in which direction to go and try and find a uh, redfish, a trout, and a snook slam. That's what he was after. And lo and behold, he found a redfish trout and snook slam so that's pretty awesome and uh what was really cool about it is the guy was literally gone for like two hours he left put the kayak in paddled over to where i told him i had seen some fish caught his three fish actually caught four fish but caught three of the four fish were his slam and then came back with pictures so that was cool um i'm hoping that he puts up a little report about that on facebook here shortly um so congratulations to to Steve was his name, I believe, Steve. So uh, there you go. So Sunday came. Oh, did you get to fish at all this weekend, Pep? Yeah, I got to fish on, well, I didn't get to fish out of the kayak or anything. I actually went for Cobia on Saturday. Saturday okay. went out for Cobia and didn't see any Cobia at all. Did not see any, did not see, I saw two guys hooked up on different boats, but not too many people were hooking up. I did see rays out there, um, saw some rays uh, uh, 30 yards in front of the boat, and looking around, no cobia, could not find, it, could not find any cobia, no cobia at all. Saw tons of spinner sharks, tons of spinner sharks out there, um, and did see one sailfish, too. I did see one did sailfish you? come out of the water two times. Yeah, man, that was cool to see that sailfish come out of the water and dancing on top of the water the way he did. Nice. Um, Immediately put the trolling rods out, you know, when we saw that sailfish, try to see if we could see if there's a way we could see if we could get on that on that um sailfish, but forget it. So it was one of those you know, it was one of those mornings, it was nice out there too. It was pretty nice, a west wind. Nice out there, but no cobia. <laughs> it's, what can uh, you do, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's getting to be that time of year. The ocean's starting to come alive. Uh I know there's been some bait on the beach as well, uh up this way. And um you know, it's uh it's going to get good. You start seeing sail fishing close to the beach and, or, you know, within reason. Um, and yep. then, uh, you know, you start seeing things like Spanish mackerel showing up and things like that. That's a pretty good, pretty good indication that, you know, spring is here and things are about to get crazy. Uh, a buddy of mine, Ryan Scheidel, who runs uh, two different charter boats, the Good Vibrations and the Mary Rose out of the port, uh, put up a picture yesterday of a completely full board of dolphins. So, uh, dolphin are showing up. Um, there's been some tuna been caught on the other side for guys with boats. Um, so the ocean's coming alive. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a pretty good season for us as far as, uh, 
us kayakers that want to try and get off the beaches and do things, I noticed that Brian Neely, not that, you know, anyone's surprised, but Brian Neely caught, I think he said 21 blackfin tunas, a sailfish and a couple dolphin or something like that the other day. So dude, that guy's uh, sick. He's sick. That guy, that guy crushes it. Dude. Every time I see his pictures, I just freak out. I sit there and I'm like, Oh my God, dude, this guy's doing this stuff out of a kayak. And I mean, what's cool? People on boats wish that they caught what he caught, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's cool about Brian? Yeah. What's cool about Brian is the fact that, uh, he is our equivalent to the dudes over in Hawaii, right? He's the guy that everybody yep. waits and watches him put up po- pictures and posts of, you know, what, what all is going on offshore down, down south. Now, if we had the depth of water and the species variety that they have in Hawaii, that would be Brian. I mean, he'd be catching the 100-pound yellow fins and marlin and all kinds of craziness out of a kayak. But uh, as it stands, he, he still gets to dabble and play around with some black fins and uh, wahoo and all kinds of fun stuff down there. So, And I think – I don't know, man – I'm just going by what I see on Facebook. He has got to probably if there's a if there was a record to be held of the most sailfish caught from a kayak in in, in the Atlantic coast, that guy's got to have it. Um, oh yeah. I don't know. It seems like every other week he's got another sailfish. Or and there's days where he has multiple sailfish. He puts people on their first sailfish. I think he got Micah his first sailfish, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did put Mike on his first sailfish last yeah. summer. I think it was right. Yeah. Last so, yeah, interesting. And then, then for us, then for the rest of us that you know live vicariously through those guys, um, the inshore bite lately has been somewhat strange for the Reds. Um, I, I've heard a lot of reports of guys who are still catching some fish, but uh, you know finding more fish than what they're actually hooking, uh, getting refused quite a bit um, as a result of who knows what. Uh, we were out on Sunday. I took uh, Chip Gibson and the clone and Mrs. Gibson and uh, Chip's brother-in-law, sister, a bunch of people. There was like, I don't remember. There was a lot of us that went out there. And Mike Welsh, who's in the chat room, um, he joined in on the fun. And uh, we went We went looking strictly for reds, really, reds and big trout. And uh I popped a couple of decent-sized trout first thing in the morning right off the bat and then got a um, got a rat red pretty quick on. Mike caught a really nice trout pretty fast in the morning. And then uh, we got over to the area we wanted to fish. Kind of got separated from Chip and the gang a little bit because we were pedaling and they were paddling. And uh, Mike and I found a few schools of fish pushing around but couldn't get them to commit. Had a couple short strikes or whatever. And then uh, got up in the skinny stuff, and we're looking for some big trout in a spot that I know you know where we were at probably, Peppy. Um, <laughs> that, you know, we, we tend to go to when we need to catch some fish. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it just wasn't to be. The water seemed to me to be a little bit low, um, actually quite a bit low. But uh, And I didn't have my push pole, which we'll talk about accessories here in a few minutes and accessories that you can't seem to live without. Because for me, I'll tell you right now, I I felt naked without having my push pole in my kayak. I never go out in the kayak and not have the push pole. And uh, it, it made for a very frustrating 
portion of the morning to not be able to get in the skinny, skinny stuff that I wanted to get into without having to paddle. So, but, um, we're sitting there just kind of fan casting around looking to pick up some more fish. And, uh, I look over and I see the water just erupting, just bait getting just destroyed. So I look at Mike, I'm like, I don't know what they are, man, but it's a fish. I want to go catch it. So we hauled butt over to them and, uh, we, uh, found that they were bluefish, bluefish and trout mixed in together. Oh, and my gosh. Yeah, yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> um, you know, what was interesting was uh, the blues were, were on the smaller side, but there was a pile of them. I mean, if, as soon as you hook one and you're reeling them in, there'd be like 20 of them following it, you know, hoping that he's either going <laughs> to regurgitate whatever he's got or maybe he drops whatever it is he has, but – it was like a pack of freaking piranhas, man. But uh, so we spent the next, I don't know, probably 40 minutes or so bailing uh, bluefish and trout. And I called Chip and I told them all to come over because they weren't having much success. And uh, we were in a deeper area. We were actually in a deeper area. We weren't on a flat. We were like off the edge of the flat in a trough that runs out front of this particular flat. And um, it was... It was pretty. It was pretty stellar. Um, I caught a, n- a number of fish. I don't know, maybe, maybe twenty, thirty fish, maybe forty fish. I don't know. I caught a lot of trout. Um, I caught probably close to a dozen bluefish, and had a, a couple of rat reds for the day. Um, Mike caught a bunch of fish as well. Uh, Chip ended up catching a few fish. The clone caught a, f- a few fish. So it was a, uh, it was a good, it was a good time. Everybody ended up catching something. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, but awesome. yeah, yeah, everybody so, everybody got in on it and had fun. What's yeah, that? Yeah, did you notice with the bluefish though? When you're catching bluefish though, my thing about bluefish, they're fun because they fight. They they put oh, up yeah. a good fight. You know, they're aggressive fish, man. They're real aggressive. But the thing is, man, they tear up your. They talk about tearing up your plastics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those bluefish could tear some stuff up. I've seen them tear up uh, topwater. Topwater lures oh. completely, completely crushed yeah. from bluefish. Yeah. Well, what's funny is uh, I threw out a, a chicken off the chain SST uh, from Slayer Inc. and got it, got it hammered, and I bring in the bluefish. I unhook them, and I had, like, the whole tail was gone. It was just, like, the nub of the body, <laughs> like, right, right in front of the jig head. And uh, – I looked at Mike and I go, Mike, watch this. These stupid things will just eat this. So I threw that out there and just twitched it through the water. And sure enough, I ended up catching two more blues on just that little tiny nub. And each time I caught the first blue I caught on the nub, the nub got smaller. <laughs> and then, and then the next, the next blue I caught pretty much destroyed the the rest of it. But yeah, it was fun, man. It was, the action was hot and heavy, and it was easy. What was really really cool, and this is probably like the highlight of any day for a kayaker, is we're sitting there. And there's a John boat and a flats boat that are working the same area. And you can hear the dudes getting aggravated that these guys standing up in their kayaks are, are straight wearing it out. And they're sitting there not catching a damn thing. <laughs> they're drift. Mike's in the chat room. Mike can attest for it. They're drifting the same stretch and they weren't catching a damn thing. And so finally they both kind of motor up and you know, power up and run off and go somewhere else. But, it was pretty funny when there's a pack of like 15 kayakers and everybody's catching fish with these, these two boaters. So that that's um, always, that always makes me happy. 
<laughs> yep. And they, they ran up on us a couple of times, you know, trying to drift in with us and trying to, and I don't mind. I mean, when, when you're catching, you know, 12 to, I guess, 16, 17 inch trout, uh, one after another, and you're catching a few blue fish in between there's, there's, it's not like I'm on a, a red hot redfish bite or a big trout bite. So I don't care if someone jumps in on that, but, uh, if you jump in, you better come prepared to catch some fish. Cause don't jump in and then then get skunked and watch everybody else catch fish around you. That's pretty that's pretty upsetting. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, and, and the hot ticket was uh, anything with a anything with a chartreuse tail was uh, was the hot ticket. I mean, uh, I, I caught a couple fish. I ended up running out of chicken off the chains. I don't have I don't have a single one left. And uh, but uh, I, I switched over to a couple of ender runs that that chris gave me that were they were chicken off the chain colored with maybe just a dot of chartreuse on the tail that was clear so you know they whatever they were still eating it but um didn't see a whole lot in the way of reds uh the ones i did see i saw on my way back to the launch and uh they were they were spooky but they were good sized fish i mean really good sized fish um you know upper slot just just over slot size fish, and there was a couple of kayakers that were kind of moving around out there on the flat, and, and I don't think that he noticed that I bumped the school and was like swimming right at him because he started pulling oh. in the opposite direction away from him. So <laughs> it was kind of funny to sit back and watch the school of fish pushing to this guy and him pulling away. It almost looked like he was trying to get away from him. So um, I, I'm sure he just didn't see him. But yeah, it was it was uh, it was fun. We had a good time and. It's always fun to go out and fish with, with uh, folks you don't get to fish with all the time, like Chip and the family. Um, for those of you that don't know Chip, Chip is the uh, – we refer to him as the godfather of kayak fishing radio. He started kayak fishing radio, um, I don't know, probably a good four years ago, or three, three and a half, four years ago now. And um, he's the he was one of the parts of the boondoggle uh, crowd So um, to get that started. So Chip and, and the family were in town. They're in town till tomorrow. They leave tomorrow to head over to the west coast of Florida. Um, they're staying over at Cars Park. So I got to hang out with them a little bit today. I dropped off my, my Hobie uh, PA. Those guys let them play with it a little bit yesterday and today. And uh, I'll go retrieve that thing tomorrow morning. But, yeah, it was fun, man. It's good times, good times. But So let's see. Real quick, we're going to hit this little uh, – Bonefish Tarpon Trust break, and when we get back from that, we'll talk a little bit about the Fishkins tournament, and we'll talk about tactics and, and and things you guys can do for that particular tournament to try and put some cashola in your pocket. You're listening to the Monday Night Show with Chuck and Peppy here on Kayak Fishing Radio. Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. What an awesome eat! I got one! Oh, damn, I got him, you got him. I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out yachtangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource. Yep, there you go. So a couple of commercials there. Uh, Peppy, you planning on fishing this uh, Fishkins event this weekend? Yeah, 
I'm gonna I'm already signed up for the fishkins. Um I'm actually gonna fish it, but I'm cheating a little bit. I'm cheating. I'm not doing it as a kayak. <laughs> I, I didn't figure that you would. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing it as a kayak. Um I am fishing it. I am gonna fish it out of the boat. Um and uh actually gonna do a little bit of scouting, I think. I'll probably be out there. I'm thinking about Friday maybe going out. Yeah. And and checking things out a little bit before the tournament. You know, the thing about the thing about the fish games for us, Chuck, I don't expect I don't expect to win. I don't expect um anything like that in this kind of tournament or anything like that. I mean I'm gonna try my hardest like I always do for any tournament. But um it's a bait tournament. And and the thing you know how you know how uh Chuck, we don't throw bait all that much. You know, I prefer not to throw bait. And I'm probably not gonna throw bait on on Friday on Saturday for that tournament. I'm probably if I have bait I'm gonna have some shrimp with me for black drum. And that's it. You know, I'm pretty much catching big red. To catch a big red for that tournament, I'll tell you right now, it's probably gonna take probably I would say a forty Somewhere between 40 to 45-inch redfish to win that tournament, I'm thinking, to win the red, biggest red. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to take that. As far as artificials, we could actually catch a big trout with artificial. I'm not worried about, the, you know, the trout, we could actually catch a 30-inch with artificial. You know, I'm not worried about that. The thing is that red, you know, to catch a big red, you're going to have to soak some bait, <laughs> you know? Oh, and yeah. you know where it's going to come from, right? I know where it, I know where that big red's gonna come from. It's no secret. You know what I'm saying? It's it it's that big red's gonna come from I don't care, you know, it's gonna come from Hollower Canal or the no motor zone, but I'm thinking more Hollower Canal where it's gonna come from. Right. So you're not fishing it though, right? You you you're you are you uh working it or what? Oh, I'm I'm fish. Are you gonna fish it? Yeah. I want to win some damn oh, money. I think, oh, I didn't think you were going to fish it. I didn't think you were, yeah. I thought since you were doing it with kayaks by bow and the whole stuff that you weren't going to be able to do it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to fish and uh I've got I've got my own plan of attack. <laughs> um well basically, well here, here here's the rundown real quick folks. Oh, and and before we get into this, hang on one second. If you can't make it over here for this tournament. All right. Uh there is a a tournament going on over in the West Coast this particular same weekend. Uh, that's, that's right. That's, uh, that's charity one. If you go on, if you go on Facebook and you look up Team Coop, C O O P, Team Coop. Uh, they have a charity tournament going on for this little guy named Cooper, who uh, has been diagnosed with brain cancer, inoperable brain cancer. And they've been doing some uh, some really cool uh, uh, chemo stuff with them. And I guess, from what I understand from the post, it's 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 showing signs of improvement. I, I don't I haven't followed it to a T. Forgive me for that. But um, it, it, if you can't make it to this event if, at Fishkins, or if you if you live on the West Coast, please make sure that you show up over there for. Uh, for Cooper, um, if you want more information, you can find it at paddling-fishing-forum.com. Also, Team Coop, the Facebook page. Um, you can donate. You can buy 
uh, raffle tickets online. You don't have to be there to win. Um, you know, donate some money, donate some prizes. If you have a business, you want to donate some prizes or what have you, um, you can do that as well. We'll be donating a bunch of prizes over there for the for the event, um, or some some gift certificates, I should say, and uh, I'll be throwing in some cash money over that way too to to help out. Um, I was supposed to fish that particular tournament, but it turns out that we're presenting sponsors for the Fishkins event, and we're, I'm supposed to have a booth for the shop, and I've got nobody else to run the booth. So I'm going to fish the tournament during the tournament, but I will be at the tournament as a vendor as well. So that makes any sense because for what I plan on doing, I don't need a whole lot of time. So I can go out do what I need to do and get back real quick and see what happens. So uh, again, check out team coop on Facebook and do what you can for, for the little guy, man. That's you guys know that's that stuff is real near and dear to my heart and uh, appreciate anything you guys can do to support the little guy. So the divisions and prize structure for the inaugural Fishkins inshore slam is let's see um there we go huge list (laughs) yeah so you have the inshore slam which is all three fish redfish trout and black drum that's fifteen hundred dollars cash based on 200 uh full price paid anglers i'm pretty sure they'll probably reach that so then the next prize would be biggest redfish 500 bucks Biggest trout, five hundred bucks. Biggest black drum, five hundred bucks. Biggest snook, five hundred bucks. Biggest tarpon, five hundred bucks. Biggest ladyfish, two hundred bucks. Biggest flounder, two hundred bucks. Biggest pufferfish, a hundred bucks. Biggest pinfish, a hundred bucks. Biggest mullet, a hundred bucks. Biggest catfish, a hundred bucks. Smallest trout, a hundred bucks. Weirdest catch, a hundred bucks. Biggest redfish ladies division, three hundred bucks. Biggest black drum ladies division, three hundred bucks. Biggest redfish junior division, hundred dollars. Biggest trout junior division, hundred dollars. Biggest uh, black black drum junior division, hundred dollars. So the ladies have black drum, trout, and redfish division. Juniors have redfish, trout, and black drum division. You have all of those. Well, you have what you got? You got. Ladyfish, flounder, pufferfish, pinfish, mullet, catfish, and smallest trout, tarpon, and snook. All are paid spots. So, this is kind of like one of those tournaments, almost like the uh, adventure fishing deal, where you take an opportunity to strategize what your best options for going out and winning a little bit of cash. So yep. if, if it's, if you think I know, so can bait, I know what my strategy is. Yeah. If you think so I'm can bait. A huge, I'm huge. I'm taking a huge 10 foot cast net and I'm going to catch <laughs> the biggest mullet that I could find in the river. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know of a spot that's fairly close to where the tournament is. Oh, not really. It's, it's actually a pretty good drive. But I mean, it's close enough to where I, it's close enough to where I can go and fish it, and then get back and be able to do what I need to do. Where I can potentially catch the ladyfish, a big ladyfish, a big pinfish, uh, a big flounder, and maybe even a black drum—not a big one, but a black drum nonetheless. 
Um, and then I know of a spot on the way back to the restaurant where I can stop and try for a tarpon, maybe try for a, uh, uh, a small little dink trout. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But either way, it's fun. It's 35 bucks if you enter early, you know, go, uh, go out and pay you 35 bucks online. Come on in, have a, you know, have a good time, man. If you've never been to a Fishkins event, it's a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, the captain's meetings are always a blast. The food over there at the old Florida grill on us one, just, uh, just South of Port St. John is, uh, is really good. And, uh, the beer is usually really cold. It's going to be a good time. Good time had by all. So <laughs> that's that. And if good. you, if you should just so happen to, to win a little bit of cash, cool. You know, that they got a raffle, a uh, really good raffle they got put together. So, uh, it should be good. So that's that. But my strategy, like I say, pretty simple. Uh, there's some, there's a bait shop <laughs> that I know of that has some, some scrimps. I'll have to go get yep. some scrimps and uh, go and try and catch one of those big giant, you know, half an arm size pinfish that swim around in this particular location and uh, see what happens. But hey. If I can turn thirty-five dollars into a hundred bucks, I'll be pretty damn happy. <laughs> Daddy's broke. Yeah, fish, man. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, Steve exactly. Ernie, I'm sure. I'm sure Steve's going to be fishing it for the ladyfish. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that'll be. That's uh, going to be a fun tournament. It's going to be a fun tournament because there's so many fish in play. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those things. I know I'll be out there. And and it's like you said, I'll be out there probably, uh, you know, pulling around one of the flats or something like that. And if I run into an area that's full of ladyfish, you bet you you, you bet your butt I'm gonna be sitting there right there where those ladyfish are. I'm gonna, I never do this, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna catch a bunch of ladyfish, you know, and try to be yeah. catch a big one. <laughs> Two hundred bucks. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You're darn right, man. Find a school of uh, glass minnows getting wore out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just sit there, yep. sit there for days, just throwing just a plain jig head. The stupid ladyfish will eat it. Um, yeah. Which I, which by the way, I never thought in a million years was possible until I fished with Alex Skorichki on his on his skiff, and one day we were like in the middle of an acre of of ladyfish, and he's just I look over and he just pulls the plastic off the off the jig head, and throws it in the bottom of the boat. And just starts throwing a bare jig head, just wearing them things out. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, why waste the plastic? I'll eat the stupid jig head. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, man. I, I kind of – I don't typically throw bait. You know, I just, I'm just not a bait person. I don't like the hassle of having a bucket and aerator and all the crap going on on the kayak. But I will tell you uh, – it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things this year. I think I'm gonna start I think I'm gonna start throwing uh, a little bit of mullet here and there, some live mullet, you know, because I've seen some bigger uh, it, I see some I've seen some bigger fish roaming and around. And it's like in, yeah, and it's like you said, Chuck. I don't I, I'm not the type I'm not the type. I do it every once in a while. You know, I do it. I go to Hallover Canal at night or something like that, and I'll sit there and soak bait sometimes or whatever and stuff. I do it every once in a while. But it's boring to me. I don't like doing it. 
you know, I don't like just sitting there doing it. If I do bait, like you like you said, if I do bait or something like that, I don't mind carrying live bait with me and, right. and cruising the flat. And when you see a monster red, put that, put that live mullet on there. You know what I mean? Put that pin, put that, put that finger mullet on there and throw that sucker out. That's, that, that type of fishing, yeah. But that thing of sitting there and just waiting for something to take your line, <laughs> yeah. you know? No, you, that, well, you, know, you know what? Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go, go. That's, you know what's a lot of fun, uh, and I used to do it quite a bit um, when I first started kayak fishing, was I'd take a cast net with me. I might would net like a half a dozen mullet, not very many, just a few, and uh, throw them in a flow troll and uh, stand up, pull along, and look for – you know, upper slot reds and just over slot reds that were sitting in potholes or just cruising. And man, I love watching a, a redfish chase down a mullet. Like it's, it, it really is, it really is cool to, to watch predation happen right in front of you. And when you tail hook a mullet and he goes down for the grass and this big red will swim over, just you see him like as soon as he sees it shooting to the grass, he rushes over and you can watch his gill plates flare out as he eats the damn thing. And and it's just a lot of fun. It, it, it is. It is. It is cool to do. And uh, I'm not ashamed to say that from time to time I'll I'll, I'll throw a live bait. Um, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a mullet head chunker personally, unless you know I'm taking the kids or something like that. But um, yeah, watching live mullet get eaten is 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 pretty awesome. I mean, in a kind of sick, disturbing kind of way, just like uh, with Spanish mackerel. I know there's been yeah. a lot of Spanish down off the beach especially down south. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, um, if, you've never, if you've never jetty fished or pier fished for Spanish mackerel with a live mullet free line, no weight, no cork, no nothing. And, and if, you've, if you've never done that, you're missing out. You've got to try it. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's almost like what well, it is. It's like watching a big trout slam a topwater plug because what happens – I, I take these mullet, especially the ones we have now in the river, the perfect size, Spengelin mullets, and I take a long shank, like a number one or a one-o long shank though, uh, live bait hook, and Mustad makes them. I can't remember the name, the, the number off the top of my head right now, but I run that hook down right underneath the tail, right in front of the the anal fin, and hurl those things out as far as you can get them. And just let it do its thing. Leave the bale open, keep your finger on the line. And that, as soon as that mullet hits the water, he shoots down for the bottom. Well, with you being up on a jetty or something, you can see into the water much better, right? You've got a really good visual of what's going on. All of a sudden, that little mullet will rocket to the surface and jump like crazy, trying to get away from the hordes of Spanish mackerel that are below it. And you can watch. They're like wolves. They'll circle that poor little mullet for like a minute or two. Until one of them finally decides to rush through and just slam them, and it's it's really exciting and it's a lot of fun, especially to do it on light tackle. And you can get away with using uh, somewhat lightweight leader material um, when you're when you're fishing for those fish. You know, you can you can bump it down to 25, 30 pound fluorocarbon as opposed to using 50, which most guys will use if they're not using wire because you're using that long shank hook. So they're, they're chomping down on the hook itself, not, not so much your, uh, your leader. And I've caught some studs, man. I've got a, I've got a photo somewhere of a, of a Spanish I caught off a Jetty Park Pier that I thought was a small kingfish until I saw his, you know, all his little yellow spots. And, uh, you know, it was a big one. 
I mean, now I like eating them. They're good. So this is the time of year, again, where you can get down there, down out of Sebastian or up on the, up on the Port Pier, and you can, you can wear out. You can get a bucket full of those things quick and make a good meal of yeah, them. But in the river, they, they, they are, just as you were saying, down by Sebastian, I went out of Sebastian on Saturday and came back in. And, and when I came back in to Sebastian Inlet, Sebastian Inlet is – it's it's loaded with Spanish mackerel right now. I mean, they're just jumping around all over the place. I mean, you just see Spanish mackerel jumping all over the place right now in the inlet. Road trip. Yeah. I will. Yeah, I, they, they, I, I used to do it, man. When the Spanish showed up in in Sebastian Inlet, I lived in Melbourne. I used to drive down in the inlet almost every other day. Man, as soon as I get out of work, I'd run down there. And uh, I'd get my limit. I think the limit's still 15 fish, I believe, at 12. It's either 12 fish or 15 fish, and it's 12 inches at the fork of the tail. Um, I wouldn't keep them unless they were like 15, 16 inches at the fork. But uh, they're good eating fresh, man. They really are. It's a good eating fish. But perversely, uh, you can take that same fingerling mullet. And, you know, I'll, I'll run a circle hook on them for redfish. Uh, run a 15 to 20 pound liter monofilament or flora, whatever your preference is. And uh, use it almost like a sight fishing tool. Use it almost like a, a, a jerk bait or something. You know, stick it. You know, as you're pulling along or paddling along, just drag them along with you. As soon as you see that fish pushing, hurl it out in front of the fish, and man, they they jump all over it. It's pretty awesome, especially this time of year when they're really starting to come out of that uh, fall and winter type pattern where they're eating a lot of crustaceans and stuff. There's still fish out there tailing around and doing their thing. But for the most part, here in another week or two, with warm with the warm weather and uh, the rain we're about to get, that's going to start pushing these bait fish out of the uh, the back the back country and the backwater areas. Um, the fish are going to get more and more aggressive, so it's going to be uh, one of those things. Definitely take advantage of it. You know, I, like I say, I wish we had a cast net the other day because um, coming back there was a couple of big reds I've seen cruising. And when I say big reds, I'm not talking 40, 50 inches. I'm talking you know mid 30s, upper 30s. Um, that's about the extent of what I'll, I'll typically try and fish for this time of year going into the warmer months. Um, which brings me to a good point. Uh, public service announcement for tonight's show. Please, please, please. If you decide you want to go after big giant redfish out of your kayak in the middle of the summer or in the, in the middle of the spring and the water's nice and warm, don't go out there with pea shooters. Go out there rigged to catch a 40 pound fish. Um, folks don't look at it that way. A lot of folks don't look at it that way because it's still a redfish, but you wouldn't go offshore and try and catch a 40 pound, uh, you wouldn't catch a 40 pound amberjack on a 2,500 Saros or a 2,500 Helios. You know, you're going to, you're going to go out there. You're going to throw big gear. You're going to have a minimum of a 6,000 size reel, you know, a heavy jig and stick, something like that. Fight the 45, fight the 40 pound redfish like it's a 40 pound offshore fish and whoop his butt and get him to you quick. Um, you know, I, if I if I do just so happen to have the hankering to go target a big red, which, honest to God, I do not do, um, and I don't really condone it this time of year, but to each his own, um, I would go out there with nothing less than my Saragossa 8,000, and I've got a – I'm looking at right now, I've got a pen torque uh, jigging stick that I would personally hurl a hunk of mullet for, and with that outfit – I know I can stop him dead in his tracks and I can put him in my lap when he's still, you know, still alive and 
and kicking and you know you haven't worn them out too bad uh got some new toys coming from akuma really excited about that would that would be good outfits for those same fish i've got a raw 55 coming raw 255 which is their um their dual drag spinning reel it's capable of 35 pounds of drag which is stupid because i probably could even hold 35 pounds of drag but uh <laughs> and a jig and stick from them and then i've got a conventional style reel coming from them as well the andros five two speed um that again it will have about the same amount of drag but that's that's the answer you know don't 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 go after these big giant red fish with 2500s 3000s and 4000 size reels it just doesn't make any sense you're just going to end up killing the fish doing a lot more harm to them than good um but that's that's all i got i don't know what do you think peppy oh i'm in agreement man summertime and summertime you got to take care of you got to do whatever you can as far as trying to take care of those fish you got to try to i mean because it, you, you notice it even the reds like you said the reds are more resilient than than the trout but you still see it in the reds it's themselves i mean those i've caught you know some of those over 40s that i've caught in the summertime yeah man you, i tried i mean i've been with you before i've been with you before and when you were with me that one time and you know you can't have these fish out of the water for too long um because they just, you know, it's just that summertime, you know, the way the water is and all that stuff. you got to try to get them in the water as soon as you can. That's why I take those pictures as fast as I can and just get them in. And and talking about, and 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 if and we're talking about reds here, but trout, you have to be even more cautious with the trout than, than the reds. The trout are really, I mean, talk about a sensitive fish. <laughs> that right there is, that, I mean, anytime I catch in the summertime, I catch a, 27, 28-inch trout, you know, something in that range. If I catch something in that range, man, let me tell you, man, it it, it, it runs through my mind, Chuck. It just goes through my mind. I start thinking, oh, crap, you know, I got to get this thing in the water as fast as I can. Because it's already happened to me before. You know, I haven't done yeah. anything bad to the fish, barely even had the fish out of the water, and it dies, you know. Yeah. So it's just it's one of those things, you know. It's just it just it just – that you know the trout are like that. You know that's the thing with the trout. That's a scary thing about the trout. <laughs> yeah. Well, we. I mean, there's some folks here in the chat room not naming any names, Spazzy, but uh, guys that have killed big trout before <laughs> on accident, and it, it happens. You know, and that's like even even when we catch slot reds, you know, I don't typically baby the fish in. I don't know, man. It's just I I, I prefer to hook them, feel that first initial little surge of power, and then try and skip them back to the kayak so I can unhook them and get them back in the water as quick as possible, you know? Same thing with trout. Yep. I start catching trout, any size trout. I, I just, I put the whooping on them and uh, to, get them, to get them to me as fast as I possibly can. And at, if, if at all possible, on a big fish, big red or a big trout in summertime or springtime, I usually try to use the landing net just as a fish holder so that I don't tip, I don't have to even put my hands on them. I can get them in the net uh, and take my, my pliers or my hook remover and reach down and pop the hook out and then just set him free right from the net. This way here, he's not even really leaving the water. Um, the Ego net is the one that I use is rubberized mesh. So uh, when it, once it's wet, it doesn't do much. It doesn't do much to take off the slime of the fish. So um, that's always good too. The less you handle them, the yeah. better off they'll be. Exactly. But, exactly. You, you know, we've yep, we've been yep. blessed. Yeah, 
the other thing I was going to tell you, the other, the other thing I was going to tell you, the other fish, which we're seeing more and more as the last couple of years, and this year, I tell you what, this year it's going to be really good for snook this year. It's going to be a oh, good yeah. year for snook. It really is. And that's Actually, another fish. Cool. Yeah, and, and, and it's going to be, and this year, you know, last year I caught that 34-incher. You know, yep. I caught that 34-incher in a banana river, which, you know, that's, that's unheard of. You know, that's, that's hard to do, especially after that freeze. We haven't had any, any, a lot of big ones. And, right. and, you know, that's another fish that's making a comeback, and that's another fish that in the summertime when you start getting these fish, you snook in the summertime, those are, those are our future fish right there. You know, the snook is making a comeback. That's our future right there, these snook that are coming back. We got to try to get those, you know, try to handle those as, as, as you know, as best as possible, as, as you know, and release them. And, you know, take a picture and all that stuff and release them as quick as you can because the snook, they're not there yet. You know, it's not there yet, but it's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. And, I like what. Uh, and it'll be awesome. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. You know what's cool about that, man? It's the snook story is a lot like the trout story. Um, you know, 10 years ago, fishing here, if you caught a trout that was over 20 inches, you, like, high-fived your, your buddies, and you were super stoked. Oh, man, great, got a, tr- a trout over 20. You got one at 25 inches, and you're thinking, oh, my God, this thing's a monster. <laughs> if you even saw one pushing 30 inches, you just felt privileged just to see one in the water that, that, that was that size. Flash forward now, we don't even get excited about a trout unless he's 25 inches, damn near. Yeah. And, you know, and, and catching 30-inch fish, it's not that uncommon anymore. And, uh, you know, I like what Andrew Mixon said there in the chat room. He likes to use a fish grip with a bungee cord attached to it so that you can take the fish, put a gripper on his lip, throw him back over the side, let him, let him sit in the water while you're getting everything prepared. Whether you're fishing a tournament or you're fishing uh, just for fun, you're getting your camera ready, getting your GoPro set up, doing whatever it is you're doing, uh, let that fish ch- sit in the water where it, it's not going to relax because he's got a lipper in his face, right. but it's a lot better than keeping him in your lap until you get everything situated. Yeah. And I, I had the same setup that Andrew Mixon has with a bungee cord on my fish grip with a carabiner on it. And I, and I have that carabiner attached to my side of my kayak and I put the fish in the water, just like he's saying. Yeah. And I leave it there. And I leave it there, get all my stuff ready. I had I did lose one big fish one time like that. I'm not gonna I don't know what happened, but the but the but the lipper opened up and I lost like a it was like a forty forty inch redfish or something like that and I lost it like that one time. But I don't know. It was it's only happened once. So I know a lot of people freak out because they say, Oh, the, the fish you know, the, the lipper could open up or something like that. Nah, those things don't open up. I don't know why that one opened up on me, but that was just one of those things. But that's what yeah. I do. I do the same thing as Drew does. Same exact thing. Yep. And with a good general rule of thumb for any time of the year when you're taking pictures of fish is only keep them out of the water as long as you can hold your breath and or as long as he's still dripping water. You know, if water's if he's not dripping water anymore, you need to put him back in the water and let him kind of chill for a few minutes and get him back out again and take a shot. I mean – after all, probably one of the coolest pictures you can you can get of you and a fish is when you first lift them from the water and water's pouring off of them, and it just it's always a cool shot. You know, you see plenty of those uh, pictures all over Facebook and all the forums and stuff. So, keeping the fish in the water is a great a great way to uh, a great way to uh, 
help help protect those fish for futures to be able to catch. So, but yeah, the snook the snook story, man. I mean, golly, it's 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 one of those things, you know. Uh, five years ago, you wouldn't really see very many snook. Now, uh, we're starting to see a lot more and and bigger fish, as you as you showed. Uh, bigger fish are starting to show up and pop up in areas where you know they that was a common size fish. 20 years ago, but now uh, they're starting to make their comeback. So we definitely need to, to take a peek at that. What's also is cool too is um, we've got giant schools of black drum that are still hanging out. Uh, Alex Gritschke saw a school the other day. He said had to have been 200 fish strong and they were anywhere from five and 10 pounders up to 30 pounders, just kind of cruising around doing their thing, being black drum, being happy and ugly. And, uh, and the sheephead bite here still is, is really good. Uh, a lot of guys are finding lots of sheephead. So, uh, you know, the river's alive, man. It's, it's one of those things. It's Chip and I were talking about it today. You know, yeah, we go through our problems in the winter. I mean, in the summertime with the dirty water situation, the algae blooms and such. I don't think that there was a trip last year during the algae bloom where I didn't catch a fish. You know, a fish still got to eat. Makes it a little harder to fight yeah. fish them unless you see them pushing. But what you do find typically in the dirty water situations is you do find more fish moving. Um, they can't just sit still and wait for something to come to them because they can't really even see it. They have to almost go hunting for it. So for you fly guys that are out there thinking about getting after it this, this spring and summer with the fly rod, hey, it's a good time to do it. You know, we're going to have these fish moving in and, and uh, you know, pushing around in the shallow water, looking for something to eat, looking for a mullet, a pinfish or crustaceans or whatever. Um, they present themselves pretty easily to you with a fly. I mean, you can see them from a ways away on a calm day, just kind of cruising. So it gives you plenty of time to get set up in the right spot and wait for them to come to you, you know, intercept them. And, uh, you know, tie up some flies. If you tie your own flies, tie up some flies with little rattles in them. Uh, you can find glass rattle beads in, in most fly shops that carry fly tying material. Um, not, not mine at the moment, but we will have it soon. Uh, but the, the 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 beads are awesome. I mean, they really are. They uh, they do a, they do a great job for those fi- for those uh, reds that are trying to find something by by vibration or by sound, especially when that water's like chocolate milk. And you know, I caught my my personal best red fish on a fly wasn't isn't that big. It's only about thirty six inches, but I caught that fish. Uh, I sight fished that fish as he was cruising in about a foot and a half of water. And uh, the the fly I caught him on had had a rattle in it, so you know it, it it's fun, man. It's a good time of year to get out there on the water, and the water's still nice and clean. Uh, the grass looks pretty healthy in the lagoon. Um, there's the no motor zone. I can tell you just from sitting on the bank by Chip's trailer today is loaded with finger mullet. They had big trout and big ladyfish crashing mullet all night long last night, and uh, so it's hey, it's that time of year. Things start getting kind of exciting. Um, the winter time is one of my favorite times to fish because things kind of slow down and you can take your time and really do a lot of sight fishing. And, and now we're going getting into that time of year where you can throw bigger baits, throw five and six inch soft plastics and, and get that aggressive strike, get that fish to come chase the thing down and watch that wake kind of build up behind the bait. And, you know, it's uh good stuff, good stuff. Uh, scent product. Wanted to talk a little bit about scent product. Uh, Peppy, do you use uh, scent product? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I swear by Procure. 
I mean, that's a, that's that's all I use pretty much. I use Procure. Name a scent, I got it. <laughs> you know, like this, and I try them all. I, you know, it's one of those things. You go out there, and if it's working, I use that one. If that doesn't work, I switch over to something else. But it's Procure. You know, that's what I I use use Procure all the time. That's you know, Chris gets you know Chris gets a little crazy over that because you know Chris with the with the baits and all this stuff. I tell you, tell Chris and you put Procure on his stuff. He goes crazy. He goes nuts. <laughs> I can't believe you use that stuff on the baits. I go I, I, and I tell him, like, Chris, shut up, man. I go, I use that stuff. That stuff works. He goes, oh, you don't need it for my baits. I go, Chris. I mean, it's one of those things, you know. Procure works, man. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and that's just it. I mean, his baits work well. You catch plenty of fish on them. But there's there's times where you need to put a little dab of some go-go juice on them to make the fish excited, and that's that's pretty much what you got to do. So, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've tried a bunch of different scent products. I've tried uh, – I used to use a lot of the uh, – what's the stuff that uh, Blair Wiggins always pushes? Um, Oh, I forgot uh, like, the name of it too. I know what you're saying. Somebody on the chat room might come up with it. I forgot. Yeah. What it was. Anyway, I used to use that a lot, and uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't even. Uh, I, I don't even remember. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, brain fart. Berkeley used to have one too. I remember Berkeley used to carry something like that. Yeah, but I, I used BioEdge before. BioEdge works pretty well. Yeah. Um, that comes in a in a in a gel, comes in an oil, comes in a like a almost looks like a lip balm type thing. Um, and uh, let's see, other one, Lunker Sauce. That's what it was. Lunker That's Sauce. That's it. Yeah, I've used that. Yep. So I used the Lunker Sauce and crab when I used to throw a lot of the Exude crabs, soft plastic crabs. Mm-hmm. I used to I used to take the. Uh, Exude crabs, throw them in a Ziploc bag, squirt a bunch of that uh, Lunker sauce crab scent in there, pitch it up on the dashboard of the of the truck, and just leave it sit. And it would get downright nasty. <laughs> but, man, you drag <laughs> that thing out in front of a, a, a an upper slot red, and he's on a crab bite, you know, he's looking for crabs to eat. And, and as Andrew said, when they hit it, they taste it. So it tastes like what they're trying to eat. So they they will hold on to it longer rather than just kind of grab it and spit it. They, it tends to to get them to hold it. Or if you're using like a shad tail or jerk bait style, and they come up and hit it and short strike it, it'll give them enough of a oh, yeah. taste to where the, they may come back and hit it a second time. So right. um, an uni butter. I see Randy talking about uni butter. I've actually used uni butter here, Randy. I don't know if you're serious if you've ever used it before, but uh, I actually use uni butter. And uni butter is made from sea urchins. A, it's a deal over in the West Coast, it's big in California and such. But um, yeah, it's it's basically like sea urchin puree. <laughs> it stinks to high heaven, <laughs> but it works. I don't know why the hell a redfish likes it, but they do. But yeah, I've 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 switched over to uh, Procure, and uh, you know the guys from Procure are super nice dudes. The guys who represent them, like like Justin and some of the other guys who are out there that represent them. Uh, do a good job with uh, promoting them. Every event you go to, Justin's at. He's got a a bag full to give away. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff, man. Uh, I've I've used their shrimp. I've used their inshore. I've used the ladyfish and the crab. Ladyfish is pretty damn good stuff. Um, 
But, man, you can go through some. I got one guy that comes into the shop probably once, if not twice a week, and buys a, another thing of the – he's retired, so he fishes almost every day. But he'd go through almost the whole uh, – the smaller, the two-ounce size. He'll go through one mm-hmm. of those in like, in like a day or two fishing. Just goops oh everything that's, up with it, so. Yeah, that's why I, I only buy, if you notice, when, when, when you'll see me, I have a, I'll have a Ziploc with like four or five big bottles of Procure. I have the big ones. Yeah, Captain's because bottles. Those little ones. Bottles. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and I have those, and I have them. I have like four or five of them. Every single flavor that there is up here, I got it. You know, I got it in that bag. And I carry the big bottles because I noticed the same thing. I, man, I was going through those two-ounce bottles, man. Like, if, I think I, I think I gunk so much on it sometimes, you know, and I notice it works, man. I, I, you know, that's how I've noticed, man. I've had a fish come up to my bait before. I've sat there. I've watched it come up, come right up to the bait, chase the bait, and all of a sudden go back down like nothing happened. I didn't spook it or nothing like that, and the fish just goes back. He moved back. And all of a sudden I go, oh, yeah, all right. I got that bait, and I, I, this was on a tournament, Chuck. I gunked that thing that you could barely even see the bait. That's how much procure I had on it. <laughs> and I just, man, I tossed it back out there. Holy cow, dude, he hammered that thing, man. <laughs> because, dude, it didn't even look like a bait. It just looked like a glob of procure. <laughs> like a red cotton ball. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, stuff yep. works, man. Stuff works. I mean, and proof's in the pudding. You, I mean, you fish it. Uh, Justin fishes it. I think uh, Andrew, I think Mixon's using stuff too. So uh, you got a bunch of tournament guys that have proven themselves in tournament situations using the stuff, using uh, the Procure. So, you know, there's something to it. I mean, it, it definitely is. It's, it's definitely uh, something to have in your, in your arsenal of tackle for your day's trip, you know? Yep. Um, I usually yep. keep one in one of my tackle whips bags on the boat so that I, I never forget it at home. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I want to give a quick shout out real fast to Tommy head from Tommy head jigs. Um, man, the other day when I was fishing with the guys and I was, you know, fish after fish, after fish, after fish, after fish, uh, I'm kind of a stickler on wanting to make sure that the, the barb of my, I mean, the point of my jig heads and worm hooks are are nice and uh, sharp. And after a full day's worth of catching, uh, I have to say that the jig head was as sharp as when I pulled it out of the bag, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, I like I like his style of jig um, real well. It's 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 a longer hook than most that are out there on the market. So when you rig up an SST or an STB or whatever. It, uh, it it sits back a little bit further on the bait. So to me, you don't nearly get as many short strikes. Or you still get the short strikes, but this time they get a hook in their face. So um, check him out. Give him some love on Facebook. Uh, he's a good dude, man. He does a lot for the kayak fishing community as far as donating and stuff like that. So, um, you know, he's uh, he's awesome. So there you go. That's my spiel. <laughs> what else you got, Pep? Oh, that's uh, that's about it, man. I'm I'm uh just uh just doing you know just getting ready for uh for this weekend, man. And but uh, that's about it. Got the fish skins and preparing for that. And then 
like you said, I think in two weeks is the, the IFA one in two weeks, is it? Yeah, I believe so. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Then, then that we got that one. And then I got the Jacksonville one. Also, I got the Jacksonville Classic, where you're not going this year. Um, I think just Wade and I are, are heading over there this year. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah, and I'm, I'm staying. I think I'm staying at Chris's house. I'm not sure yet. But but yeah, that should be uh that should be all right. And then you know, hopefully we don't have a hurricane like last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That was uh yeah that's um that was crazy last year, but um yeah just got that and uh and what else I was gonna oh um no have you know what else uh has there been an announcement or anything like that Chuck anything been said about the Boondoggle in October I've heard rumors but I haven't heard a definite you know no it's all it's all Can we it's talk all about still, it Can, what's that Do we talk about it or is it still still not official. It, it's, <laughs> It's uh, I don't even know what's going on, man. It's all it's all still rumors, um, uh, ish. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I've kind I've kind of known what's going on for, well, I've known what's going on since before the Georgia Boondoggle, but um, yeah. you know, we got some things to well, not we they have some things to work out before they can announce anything. So, um. But, you know, it'll be fun. Wherever the venue ends up being, it'll be fun, um, as it always is. You know, the uh, Space Coast Kayak Angler contingency will be there, and wherever we show up to, it's always a darn party. So, um, Yeah, we'll just, yeah. I just I just throw it out there sort of like this. It's, it's just if you live in the Space Coast or something like that, there's a good possibility you don't have to drive far come that <laughs> Columbus Day weekend so there's a good possibility just throwing it out there so you could set your vacation days aside <laughs> yeah so, says peppy not chuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> well mark, uh, no, mark wanabi threw it out there mark wanabi threw it out there on facebook one time he, he wade put something up i forgot what wade put up or something like that and then he threw a hint out there saying i well I saw that let's put it this way wade doesn't have to drive far <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they just haven't said it. I mean, it is what it is. Whatever. But uh, yeah. it'll be fun. We'll, ha- we'll have a great time, as always. Like I say, anytime you get uh, the crew that, that t- tends to hang in and around our little group of people together, it's always it's always a party. We always You can send us anywhere. We'll make it fun. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. And uh, I, think, I think we'll have a pretty good showing again. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. That's gonna be it's gonna be good, man. I'll be ready for a little break by October, uh, another little vacate mini vacation, and then in July we got uh, ICAST here in Orlando. So that's right. You know, a lot of folks are excited about that, and a lot of folks <clears throat> looking to, to go there. Hopefully, we get a pretty good turnout from the kayak community. Uh, Vegas was incredible. As far as the number of kayak manufacturers that were there, it was pretty cool to see that many uh, companies show up. For those of you that that hear about iCast and dream about iCast and want to go to iCast, unless you are media or you are in the retail business or you have an affiliation with one of the vendors there, i.e. professional, pro tour, whatever, um, you're not going to get in. Unless you know somebody, somebody you may have or may not have a tackle shop. 
Um, so, but uh, yeah, for those that get to go, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, it's like anything else. I mean, once you go to the first couple, they're, they're really exciting. And then after that, it, it becomes almost more like work than, than the fun part of it. But uh, I'm excited that it's going to be here. I'm excited that they decided to bring the fly, the fly section to the, uh, uh, to, to the ICAST this year. So there'll be a, a whole designated fly area like it was out in Vegas, which is really, really cool. Um, kind of separated the two styles of fishing, which was nice. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that. The May 30th, mark this down on your calendar. Anybody who wants to kayak fish offshore, uh, doesn't have any experience fishing offshore at all, let alone out of a kayak, uh, feel free to stop by Kayaks by Bo uh, and KBB Outfitters. May 30th, we'll announce the times as soon as we figure that all out. Uh, Andrew Mixon is going to be putting on a uh, offshore kayak fishing seminar. Um, it will be one not to miss. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about um, rigging and tactics and techniques and, you know, come with a, with a notebook and a pen, get ready to write some notes, get ready to ask some questions. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. But uh, we were talking, going back to the ICAST deal. Uh, if anybody has any uh, information they'd like to hear about here on the show or maybe even a, uh, a guest that you'd like to hear from within the industry, you know, let me know. We'll try and line that stuff up going forward towards ICAST where we can, I mean, we're talking about July. It's still a ways out there. But, um, you know, we start making our, our contacts here shortly to try and set up times for uh, meetings and interviews and such with uh, different brands. We try to get that stuff taken care of in a early time frame so that we have somewhat of a schedule we can work on when you get there. Because if you go to ICAST with an agenda and you don't have scheduled times, it's not going to happen. Uh, it's just, it's just way too, uh, way too busy. Um, the, uh, so you got the summer slam tournament down in Dania beach. Um, you know, that, that'll be following the seminar. So if you guys want to, um, if you guys want to come down down and learn a little something from us over at KV Outfitters about offshore kayak fishing, uh, and then go down and fish the summer slam, do so. Um, that'll be good. With that being said, I'm pretty much done, man. Uh, a little change to the programming for me. Um, I don't mind if Pepe, uh, gives his list of, of sponsors and, and stuff. I'm actually stepping away from some of my affiliations. Um, I just don't feel that it's fair to some of the brands that I continue to quote unquote pro staff for them as I just don't have enough time to do it effectively. Um, I'm one of those guys that believes that you should work hard at what you do. And if you can't, then you should give it up. So uh, with the shop being busy, getting busier and busier and my personal responsibilities at home, taking precedence over some of that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be stepping away from a majority of my uh, sponsor deals. So um, of course not Hobie and uh, that's not going to happen. And uh, a couple <laughs> others, but, but you know, uh, I'll, I'll be talking to some of these manufacturers here soon. Oh, real adrenaline. I'm not getting rid of either, by the way, because their drinks are just <laughs> ridiculous. 
I slammed like three of them the other day, and I was like a like a like a squirrel trapped in a cat cage, man. I was like ready to bounce off the walls. It was awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I'm gonna ask some of those those different brands if they want to be affiliated with the show going forward, and uh, maybe we'll bring you a little bit better programming as a result. Uh, we'll be able to do some cool things uh, going that way. So uh, you know, it'll be pretty awesome. But uh, yeah. There you go. So, uh, Peppy, go ahead, man. Feel free to uh, run down the list, and I would give a short list myself, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a night. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, I want to thank uh, Native Watercraft, Aquabound Paddles, Sea Deck Marine, Harry Goods, Slaring Lures, Hook One, Yak Attack, Ram Mounts, Tackle Webs, Kayaks by Bo, KBB Outfitters, uh, Power Pole Shallow Water Anchors, and Orca Coolers. Which, by the way, congratulations on the power pole deal. That's pretty damn awesome. Thank you, thank you. That's yeah, that's one of those that actually came. You know, that one, that one was actually a actually a big surprise. I'm, you know, but those guys they're they seem pretty good and all that stuff and everything like that. And I don't know if you saw pictures. I just mounted it. I mounted my uh, micro on today, and actually that thing looks sick on there. But you know, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll cool. uh, and we'll try to get them on the show in the future. You know, we'll work something yeah, out. Absolutely. We'll do something. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and of course, I'd like to thank first and foremost Hobie, um, Tackle Webs, Railblazer, Yacht Gear, Ego Nets, you know, Bending Branches, um, Slayer Ink Lure Company, Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks, Adventurous Custom Rods, and Toba Cameras. So, with that being said. Uh, Thank you very much to all those manufacturers who continue to support me and have supported me throughout my endeavors here in the kayak fishing world and kayak fishing radio. And uh, with that, folks, take your kid fishing. They're the, they're the uh, future of our sport. Share your passion with your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones. Uh, go down to the uh, Vero Beach Boat Show. Check out Drew. He'll be down there doing, a, uh, doing some demos with the Hobies. Um, Feel free to stop in the Kayaks by Bo anytime. We carry several different brands, all the major brands, including not limited to Hobie, Native, uh, Jackson, Wilderness Systems, New Canoe, Old Town, Diablo, and some others. Brain fart. <laughs> but, yeah, come on by. We got demos for all the boats. Try them before you buy them. And shop local, folks. Shop local. And with that being said, God bless. I hope everybody has a safe week. Check out the rest of our shows throughout the week. We've got a show now going on in Texas. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to that show, it's a great show. Check them out. Uh, and then uh, also, too, of course, Mark Wheeler and Chip Gibson. Um, Chip Gibson had a, had a show on last week. Check out his podcast from last week. It was uh, involving electronics, uh, gadgets and such, including a spot device and uh, some other, you know, personal locator devices for those who like to go offshore or like to go on little adventures. So uh, pretty interesting information that was given out, um, including the costs that go along with having those types of products. And uh, check it out. It was a good, good show. But uh, with that being said, Trey and Logan, I hope you boys sleep through the night as you didn't last night because I am exhausted. And uh, that's it. Happy, I appreciate you, bud. Thanks so much for, uh, Thanks, for being a part of this thing, man. It's a lot of fun. Hey. And uh, 
We'll talk to you guys next week. Let's get out with some Mario music. See ya. Yeah, see ya.